Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the flagship podcast of the Netflix and Swill family of podcasts. Uh, I'm Caleb, and I'm the dad of the family. Uh, I'm I'm Dan, and I'm also the dad of the family. I have two. There there are two dads. Yeah. Does that make us husbandos? Yeah, of course. Uwu. How how are you doing? Are you doing fantastic? Because I'm doing I'm doing all right. I'm doing pretty well. I feel sweaty. I had to go into work today to do some stuff by myself. There you go. Uh, so that's another 12-day stretch, stretch of work for Chaboy. This is the life of a manager, I guess. It's the weight of responsibility. Those keys get heavy. That's true. I hate. I would not want to be a manager. Uh, I'm I'm good with not being a manager for a while. I've even said this to multiple people. I'm like, yeah, I I know. I I've had a couple people tell me at at work that I'm I should probably be our next manager, and I just went, I don't want that fucking responsibility. Don't fucking put that evil on me. <laughs> uh, it sucks when you're smart because people expect things from you. I mean, I do. All the stuff anyway. I do a bunch of stuff anyway. And my boss is already listening to this because my, I told my boss about the podcast. So, boss, I just want you to know that that, that is something people have said. But, but, like, I like my boss. Uh, I think my boss is great. And this isn't just because she listens. It's just like this is an objective fact because uh, I think I've said it before, but I've gotten three pay raises in seven months. So, like, so, like, my boss is just like, yeah, no, you deserve more money. And I'm like, I mean, I'm glad you think that way. Uh, and I'm glad I didn't have to come to you and say, hi, I deserve more money. You just went, here's more money. And I was like, oh, dope. Yeah. Great. Hmm. I don't know. I have, uh, two like brand new employees, uh, who came up to me at the end of this week and said that I was the best boss they've ever had. And I mean a single that. tear rolled down my cheek and f- f- formed into a bald eagle and flew away. <laughs> <laughs> What is that from? <laughs> I don't know what that's from, but that's from something. That's fucking incredible. <laughs> uh for for our international listeners, that means that I am a true American patriot. What is that from? <sighs> why why I I've heard it before. That is not that's not a Dan original. I've heard someone say that before. <laughs> I I believe you that it's from somewhere. And yes. don't don't get me wrong. I think that you're hilarious, but like that was too off the cuff. Like that doesn't seem like a Dan original. No. All of my Dan originals, you can tell, are Dan originals, which are just me uh f- with self-loathing. <laughs> Yeah, it's, you have your own particular comedic stoilings. 
You you've developed a stoil that's completely unblockable. <laughs> if only I could do like the the messed up ADR uh thing that'd be fantastic. But yes, that I stole that from somebody. If somebody knows who that somebody is, uh you can tell them I stole from them. Uh, I acknowledge that I stole it from them. But uh, yes, yeah. it, that is a fantastic line uh that I probably haven't heard in about 10 years. Yeah. Uh speaking of stealing stuff, we have a news story that that would be a tremendous segue to, so uh maybe we can push what's your swill? Oh, shit, it's mail time slightly back uh because netflix is suing the creators of the unofficial bridgerton musical for infringement today i learned that there's an unofficial bridgerton musical yeah that was something i had to learn too was that there was an unofficial bridgerton musical because apparently this started on social media and like they would make they would write songs about it and like it was a social media hit i guess so like they just started monetizing it, but it turns mm-hmm. out they changed nothing about it. Like they basically, they straight up stole character names, plot, Damn. everything. And so they started monetizing it. And now they've made an entire, an unofficial musical about it. And Netflix is like, hi, we've sent you like multiple, multiple notes to stop. Yeah. Because like, it was cool when you were doing it for like no money. But now that you're trying to profit off of our IP, now we have an issue with you. Yeah, and this article on Variety is telling me that they sold out the venue with ticket prices up to $149. Yeah. So. Uh, so here's what's going to happen. Netflix is going to settle with Abigail Barlow and Emily Bear, the songwriting team that, that created this thing. Uh, They're going to settle with them out of court. And then this duo is going to blow up and be extremely famous and make lots and lots of money off of this controversy. Uh, Because cheating gets you farther ahead in the American economic system. Yeah, Um, I I don't know. I, I saw online somebody say... Somebody's comment was not a good look. And I'm like, who, what, what are you talking about? Not a good look for whom is this not a good look for? If you're going to say Netflix, what the fuck are you talking about? Because they're protecting their IP that they legally own. Like say what you want about fucking companies, but the, the second you infringe upon the things that they own, that's when problems begin for you. Hmm. So like, what, what do you want them to do? Because to me, they're doing the correct thing which is uh, defending their IP, because if they don't defend this, then they don't defend. Then the next time somebody does something like this and they go to defend, somebody will say, hey, they didn't defend this IP. So why should they defend this IP? And then they have a better argument in court. So this is how the world works, unfortunately. Uh, I'm sorry, random content creators. You just can't steal things and profit off of them. Yeah. This has been my TED talk on how not to get money. What a stupid thing to have happen. I I just don't know how you look at that situation and go, hey, what we're doing here is the correct thing. What we're doing, how how we're handling all this shit is the the absolute correct way to to go about it. And it's just like, no, it's never. No. Yeah. So I'm really happy for the news and I'm gonna let it finish. But. 
What's your swill is one of the best segments of all time. Of all time. Uh, and I saw a segue and I jumped on it and wrote it to that news story. So now we'll do the segment we usually do, which is what's your swill. Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans. Stay away from the can. And it goes a little something like this. Uh, so Nick posted in our discord that you bought a truly hard seltzer. You were having truly hard seltzer. So I bought a variety pack of truly hard seltzer, as you can see here. Is it, is it truly hard? Uh, it's truly mid, like this is the middest shit I've ever had. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I mean, I guess the nice thing is what hundred calories. You said you got a variety pack. What what did you get? Well, like, what are you drinking there? Uh, I have pe- there, this. I have passion fruit, mango, pineapple, and then watermelon kiwi. Okay, so uh, it was different from what I had, and oh. I got it again because I knew you were doing this because I saw you drinking it the other night uh, when we were playing Magic: The Gathering cards. Yes, uh, I got the the truly margarita style variety oh, margarita pack. Margarita style. Okay. Which has such flavors as classic lime, strawberry hibiscus, something mango, and the one that I'm currently drinking, watermelon cucumber. Watermelon choo-choo. Ten-hour tomato, bean and cheese, old metal ship. He's making some of these up. Kind of. Okay, so that explains it, is that I didn't get the margarita style. I got regular seltzer style. Yeah, which I I imagine is more akin to White Claw, which is to yeah. say uh, Sans flavor. Yeah. But now the uh, the watermelon cucumber is pretty good. It's refreshing AF, as the kids say. I'm I'm totes for totes yeeting down this bevy. My dudes. And doing the flossing dance. Yeah. The fuck was it called? Because uh, apparently people are uh, culturally appropriating Agua Fresca. Which is basically... I, the, the way I understand it's like infused water or something like that. Or it's slightly it more... fresh water. Well, it's true. But uh, apparently white people are, are doing something. And then, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Latin, Latin American people are like, we already had this. It was called Agua Fresca. God damn it, whites. I know. The whites are the worst. Fucking cultural appropriation pieces of shit. Yeah, and then whenever we appropriate it, we'll make it too uh, too expensive for the native people from that culture to enjoy it. It's true. It's how it always works. It's always how it always happens. What was it like? Uh, fucking avocados. Avocados are so goddamn expensive now, and it's uh, the whites' fault. I have never eaten a fucking avocado. Really? Yeah. I have huh. no idea what an avocado tastes like. Is it good? Should I try it? Uh, I like them. There's a there's a cafe two blocks from me that has avocado toast. Also, I, mean, I live in a town now that's like like I can walk to things, yes, and do them. Like my life is convenient now. There's a cafe that I can walk to. Uh, also, like, I'm a block away from a college campus, 
So Pokemon Go this fall is going to be fucking lit. Yeah, right. Uh, there's a Pokestop across the street from my house that I can hit while I'm sitting on my couch. Yeah, I, I live about five minutes from a town, which is OK, I guess uh, I would like to live in the town. I like I like my town slash city living. Because I like being able to walk places and do things as opposed to having to drive places uh, and, you know, uh, increasing that carbon footprint that totally matters and isn't completely wiped out by the fact that Taylor Swift uh, has the highest carbon footprint. Oh, of my all God. Celebrity. Can we talk about how much we hate Taylor Swift? Uh, all my homies hate Taylor Swift. Jake Gyllenhaal is God. Uh, that's it. Why? What did Jake Gyllenhaal do? Uh, dated her and broke her heart, apparently. Oh, good. She wrote a song. She wrote a song about him, and then wrote a ten-minute song, a ten-minute version of that song about him. And everyone was like, "Oh my god, the ten-minute version of the song!" And I'm just like, "Guys, shut the fuck up! Just, just, just shut the fuck up!" The second Taylor Swift makes something as good as Nightcrawler, please come to me. Yeah. And Gerald, uh, I know what you're about to say. Uh, you're wrong. Everything <laughs> you're about to say is wrong. That's true. Uh, except for whenever he does two pieces on a podcast, listen uh, yesterday to uh, Caleb and Gerald talking about the top five comebacks in Hollywood. Uh, no, did he fucking finally publish it? Yeah, August 1st. August nice. 1st uh, and Monday's going forward. Good deal. So, yeah, go listen to two pieces on a podcast. Uh, Caleb will be on on that. Uh, I'll be on next week talking about uh, Stranger Things characters. All right, uh, let's get back into the news. All right, uh, they announced a sequel to The Gray Man and also a spinoff. These are facts. Uh, film Twitter lost their mind because they were like, oh my God, fuck it. Because as, as you know, Film Twitter is basically just like low-rent film critics who want to pretend like they're actually important. So they're mm -hmm. just like, oh my God, how could they greenlight another fucking... Gray Man movie. Uh, and then the viewing numbers came out for the Gray Man. 88 million hours viewed uh, said that's why they greenlit another Gray Man. Because it did that yeah. without without the critics help at all. Because the critics, let's let's not forget, uh, I think it was sitting around like a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 5.1 or 5.5 on IMDb before the general audience got their hands on it. So yeah, that's um that's it. It's just a sequel announcement. Uh, all they're saying is that everybody will be back except for um spoilers. Uh, Chris Evans, Chris Evans won't be back uh in theory unless they uh make him a fucking cyborg. <laughs> It'll just be Barry from fucking Archer or other Barry or other Barry. All right. Uh, well, that'll take us straight over to downstream, uh, where I get to complain about things before I ever see them. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! Uh, our first trailer is a, a plea from me to please take Kevin Hart away from me. Uh, it's called Me Time. Uh, Kevin Hart plays stay-at-home dad. And Mark Wahlberg plays petulant man-child. When a stay-at-home dad finds himself some me-time for the first time in years, while his wife and kids are away, he reconnects with his former best friend for a wild weekend that nearly upends his life. Yep, yep, those are all things that happen. 
And then presumably they find a transformer. Yep. That, yep. That's definitely something you can do. Uh, so there's one CGI sequence in the movie where they're at. Uh, actually, there's multiple. There's one with a fucking mountain lion or cougar. Yeah. yeah. Two. Looks terrible. Uh, there's one where they're fucking skydiving and it's very obvious they're on a fucking soundstage. Looks terrible. Um, I mean, Netflix and Kevin Hart just work. This is going to get watched by a bunch of people. Uh, Kevin Hart and Mark Wahlberg combined because let's not forget that Kevin Hart's movie Fatherhood is one of Netflix's most watched movies ever. Spencer Confidential starring Mark Wahlberg is one of Netflix Netflix's most watched movies ever. So Netflix is really going for the, hey, we're trying to combine these two into making a very highly watched movie. You know, I had blissfully forgotten that Spencer Confidential existed. That's fine. Uh, I always Answer, bring these things up for you. So uh, that's that's what's going to happen is they're going to try to make this is going to like sneak in at the very bottom of Netflix's like top 10 most watched movies ever, especially considering the fact that um, what was the release date on this? I don't know. I clicked away from August 26th. So uh, it's hitting in the middle of the the doldrums of the theater, because after some movie comes out very shortly, uh, there's nothing until Black Adam. And that's it. And so like theaters are in trouble because they don't have any content for the next two months. And. Netflix is like, hey, theaters aren't putting out fucking shit. Here's our movies. We still have movies. Theaters don't watch our stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So uh, that's probably this is probably the perfect time for this movie, that movie to hit like right right after like House of the Dragon, but right before Lord of the Rings series. So that's that's just my take on it. All right. Uh, well, our next trailer is for a movie called Echoes, uh, which unfortunately is not an adaptation of uh, the Pink Floyd album, which is my favorite Pink Floyd album, which is maybe a hot take. I don't know. I feel like the people that don't really listen to a lot of Pink Floyd would say The Wall or Dark Side of the Moon, but Echoes is kind of where it's at for me. And now we'll talk about the actual trailer. Uh, Echoes is a mystery thriller about two identical twins, uh, Lenny and Gina. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lenore. I thought they were saying like Lenny, as in like Laura oh, Lenny yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And it, I don't know, it's written out L-E-N-I. Kind of threw me off. Uh, oh, yeah. They share Mark. a dangerous secret. Uh, these These two sisters have a strong bond. You don't want to hear about it here. Ever since they were children, Lenny and Gina have secretly swapped lives, culminating in a double life as adults. They share two homes, two husbands, and a child, but everything in their perfectly choreographed world is thrown into disarray when one of the sisters goes missing. That's uh, not what I got from the trailer. That's true. But that's uh, fine. It, it just shows, the trailer is just like, hey, your twin went missing. And some some wild shit's happening. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll explore more of that, but I I don't 
I don't know, man. I don't know. It looks all right, I guess. It's an interesting concept. It's Michelle Monaghan in TV, so there it is. All right. Uh, now for something that we can both get behind, uh, the trailer for season three of Never Have I Ever. Uh, same nerds, new drama, Never Have I Ever returns August 12th, only on Netflix. In season three of the coming-of-age comedy Never Have I Ever, Indian-American teenager Davey, uh, Matrey Ramakrishnan continues to deal with the everyday pressures of high school and drama at home, while also navigating new romantic relationships. Uh, Never Have I Ever is created by executive producer Mindy Kaling. I don't know. It, obviously, it picks up right after season two ends. I mean, see, season two picked up right after season one ends, uh, where Daxton is a thing, although it seems like Daxton is not going to be a thing for very long uh, because an actual Indian boy comes in and he looks hot uh, and that potentially uh, creates another fucking uh, Davy being an idiot scenario. I don't know. That's what the show is. Like, we can't have Davy grow if she doesn't do dumb things. Cause, like, I don't know. She's still like 15, 16. Still, yeah, still a kid and learning to deal with her dead dad and everything else. Yeah. But, uh, I still believe that Davy and Paxton are endgame because I saw a YouTube video that said, are Davy and Paxton endgame? YouTube videos are so fucking obnoxious, man. I fucking <laughs> I, I hate the way the YouTube algorithm works because you have to make like very declarative statements. Like even if your video is purely speculation, you have to make very declarative statements like uh, uh, money is bad and you have to have a, fa- a fucking thumbnail that has you looking like the goddamn uh, painting in the goddamn Louvre where you have like you're the shock dude. You know what I'm talking about? I can't remember what the painting's called, but it's just like. And then you have like the words, the fucking the scream title of the video. Yeah, the, the scream. So you have the screen. You have to look like the scream. You have to have the title of the video in text. And then you have to have random shit in the background on the YouTube thumbnail. You have to have the declarative statement as the title. Uh, and then you have to have uh, you have to be sponsored by either HelloFresh, uh, Keeps, or um, uh, ExpressVPN. And then the ExpressVPN commercial has to also show that, like, hey, want to watch stuff in other countries on Netflix? Use ExpressVPN. But then you use ExpressVPN, and then ExpressVPN doesn't actually do what it says. Uh, so it's false advertising. Uh, and you can't actually watch anything outside of your country because Netflix isn't fucking stupid. I see you too have seen YouTube. I mean, that's it's it's every YouTube every YouTube video is the exact same anymore, and it's fucking obnoxious. Apparently, Matri Ramakrishnan uh, is a voice actor for something called My Little Pony to Make Your Mark, and if it's on Netflix, we're gonna watch it. Uh, My Little Pony Make Your Mark is an animated series that had a trailer premiere on May 12th of this year. So, so do we do this instead? Oh, there's <laughs> only been there's only been one episode. It's 45 minutes long. So it's not even like actually a show. So it says there's supposed to be eight episodes. 
And it looks like the pilot got released on May... May what? May 26th. But then the rest of the season is going to be released on September 26th? Yeah, that's what happened. We, we, got, we got the pilot 45-minute episode to start. And then the series will premiere on, <laughs> on September 26th, 2022. Oh, let me pull up the Munson. Um, okay. You're the you're the My Little Pony detective. My Little Pony, make your mark. All right, that is our uh 10-4 episode. I already hate myself for doing this. All right, uh please get me out of this hell. Uh all right, our next trailer is for Blonde cuz we're still in downstream somehow. Uh discover a life both known and unknown. Uh that's a paradox that that doesn't make any sense in this boldly imaginative film from director Andrew Dominic that explores the complicated life of Hollywood icon Marilyn Monroe based on the novel of the same name by Joyce Carol Oates blonde starring Anna Darmus as Marilyn Monroe, Adrian Brody, Bobby Cannavale, Xavier Samuel and Julian Nicholson premieres on Netflix 28 September. Uh, I like when they put the dates flip flopped like that. It makes it feel European. That was the 23rd. This looks sad. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it looks sad because uh, they're trying to tell like a tragic side to Marilyn Monroe's story where like uh, the tagline is, oh, God, what was it? It was something people like fucking came for. People were like, this is the greatest thing I've ever. F- this is the greatest fucking tagline ever. It was like uh, viewed by everybody, seen by none or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, I get what you're saying. Like, you you see, like, you you look at her and you're just like, oh, I know this woman. Like, I, I, I'm aware of who Marilyn Monroe is. She seems like a famous star, but like no one actually really sees her. So there's no ICU involved. It's just, you know, just uh, looking with them eyes. Hmm. <laughs> Thanks for the courtesy chuckle. I appreciate it. Uh, but but yes, uh, this is Netflix's first NC-17 movie. Oh, is she going to be getting fucking railed or what? From what I've read, uh, Who- it is it is male rape. <laughs> oh, gross. So that's that's what I've heard. I've heard male rape. It might actually just be generally rape, uh, in which case uh, Death Wish 3. Where's your NC-17? Who's playing JFK? I'm not sure. Plowed by Pat. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a great question. Let's find out. 22 million. Damn, it's a small budget. Good for you. Casper uh, Philipson. He was in Mission Impossible Fallout as the European. Let's move on. Okay. Uh, quick hits. Dan, do you have any? I have none. Uh, I uh, likewise do not. Dope. Uh, so I suppose that will take us straight into, uh, an ad break, after which we will be back to talk about Resident Evil with Brad of the Cinemi- Cinemize. Cinemize, yeah, Cinemize. Uh, you know what? That's perfect. Brad, because- Brad from Cinnabon. And Nick of Nikolai's Kitchen, uh, who 
just baked a fresh batch of Cinnabon. So stick around. The Netflix and Swole podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Duty Dutram, Casey Moore, The Nerd Revert, and Dan's Mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Buy some shit. Visit netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me how good I'm getting at public speaking. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for letting us live our dreams of being professional idiots. We now return you to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, before we get into Resident Evil, it's time to introduce some guests. The first time we've ever had four fucking voices on the same podcast. Uh, first, let's start with uh, Brad from the Cinema Guys. Brad, welcome. Thank you for having me back. I am excited. So excited to talk Resident Evil. You, you know my thoughts on the films, so. That's true. <laughs> uh, Brad, quickly, tell everybody what the Cinema Guys is all about. Uh, Cinema Guys were just three friends who, um, you know, poorly sometimes talk movies, but we just have fun doing it. So, oh, that's know, right. I gotta send you my bank account because I didn't realize the Cinemaiden would like the Gray Man. You, yeah, I told you. I told you. She, I it shocked me too. I was surprised that she liked it as Everybody much as she did. All right, uh, <laughs> CinemaGuys.com. Check them out. Nick. Uh, from Nikolai's Kitchens here. Hi, hi, Nick. You're a hater of the Resident Evil franchise, but have watched everything. Excuse me. I, ref- I prefer to be referred to for this review as the anti-Brad. <laughs> okay. Uh, Anti-Brad uh, equation. <laughs> <laughs> hi, it's me. It's your boy. It's, it's Nick. Hi. Uh, uh, the man with the biggest waveform in town. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I'm just I'm watching the the audio profile in Jesus Christ, Nick. I know, right? Um, are you watching your own or <laughs> mine? Because <laughs> yours is pretty big. Yours, you got yeah, yours, yours is like compensating for other things. It's so big. <laughs> yeah, uh, which Nick. is how I say I love you. I've seen the inside of that room before. Yeah, you have, Nick. Uh, Nicholas Kitchen. What is it? Uh, it is my journey of positivity and scratch-made food, mostly weekly, when I can uh, have the energy to muster a recording. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But I'm more regular than the cinema guys, so that counts for something. <laughs> I mean, lately, more Apple TV Plus. Let's yeah, be real. yeah, exactly. The cinema guys are once a month lately. Excuse me, what's what's Apple 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 what? <laughs> hey, we have know, three right? episodes, man. <laughs> there's uh, there's no room for positivity here. <laughs> No, it's toxic positivity. Yeah, it's yeah, very on brand for you. Positivity guys. allowed here. Uh, nothing else. Uh, cooking, cooking isn't messy and is it's all controlled and whatever that man fucking said on the internet that one time. That man is an idiot. Hooray! All right, boys, we are here to talk about Resident Evil. Caleb, give them the stats. All right, Resident Evil is a brand new action horror sci-fi series on Netflix. Uh, it's a 3.8 out of 10 on IMDb. It went Nearly up. three decades after the discovery of the T-Virus, an outbreak reveals the Umbrella Corporation's dark secrets based on the horror franchise. 
Uh, this is <sighs> doesn't give me written and directed stuff. I assume oh, I, there's I can give a, you a, a writer. Team. I, I give you a writer. Uh, it's Dane Anderson. Yeah, it, it stars Ella Belinska as Jade Wesker, Tamara Smart as young Jade Wesker, Adeline Rudolph as Billy Wesker, Sienna Agudong as young Billy Wesker. Lance Reddick as Albert Wesker and Paolo Nunez as Evelyn Marcus, a woman who has very bad eyebrows. <laughs> sure. All right, boys. Uh, let's start with non-spoiler stuff first. Um, let's go with the positive guy, the the guy who I know is positive uh, about this show, <laughs> Brad. Oh, I figured you were going to have Nick jump right in. I know no, no, he's going to no, be we're, super positive. We're doing positive. compare and contrast. Uh, <laughs> Nick goes next. Toxic positivity, Brad. Toxic, toxic positivity. positivity. So be toxically positive about Resident Evil. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Do I mean, it. I dare you. Any Anybody who knows me knows I'm pretty easy to please for the most part. It It doesn't take much for me to like something. Yeah, uh, just, you know, lick the tip a little bit. And... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I am a fan of the six films, which this has nothing to do with. Uh, I also loved Welcome to Raccoon City, and I was excited for this series. And really, I, I didn't love it. I didn't think it was like the greatest show that has come out, but I, I had fun with it. I really enjoyed it. I loved Lance Reddick in it. And some of the, the Easter eggs as you go through were just kind of like, you know, it's that point at the screen, like, ooh, they put this in it. That's cool. Ooh, Leo, they put yeah. this in it. That's cool. And you know what? I had fun, and I look forward. Hopefully, we get a second season, but we'll see. Um, So, a couple things. Lance Reddick is uh, the big positive about this show. Everyone loves Lance Reddick. Uh, anybody who says differently, get out. Uh, don't actually get out, because you might fuck with the call, so don't do that. But symbolically, leave the call. <laughs> uh, but also, my prediction is that it will get a second season. Uh, Nick, it's your turn. Uh, me, my thoughts on the series. Uh, I unabashedly loved the shit out of this series. Uh, this is everything that Resident Evil should be. Uh, it was campy. It was gory as absolute fuck. It had so many little nods and Easter eggs to the games in it. Uh, that, like, there's one point... When a character says another character died in a volcano and I about jumped out of my chair, pumping my fist because I was so excited by it. Uh, yes, more of this, please. Like, I have misgivings with it. It's not, like, perfect. Like Brad said, it's got its issues. But my God, this is Resident Evil done right. It, this was so good. I, I'm in shock right now. <laughs> This is like the time that Loisos held his Justice League <laughs> review until the end. And it's just like, what is going on right now? Yeah. Uh, oh, next. my God. I love it. All right, Caleb, you were freaking out that whole fucking time. Uh, please talk about it. Neither of you are ever fucking coming back. <laughs> this is one of the biggest dumpster fire pieces of fucking garbage I think I've ever seen in my goddamn life. I was so fucking mad the entire time. Uh, I fell asleep no less than six times while watching this. Uh, and like the the gaps in my memory of what the fuck happened in this show 
are my best memories of it. <laughs> <laughs> just just say it, Caleb. Just say Black Wesker. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love you. Bl- Blesker? Blesker. <laughs> oh, that's, man. That's nothing. It's something. Okay, so for me, uh, I have no ties to the game. Uh, I've watched the first two Resident Evil movies. Uh, I, my favorite line from the Resident Evil movies is, my shit's custom. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, walking into this, who has never played the games, has very little knowledge of the overall franchise outside of there's a T-virus. I like parts of this. I think uh, overall the story is plotting. What it does wrong is uh, it's like somebody watched Lost before they wrote this and then just went, huh, I can do that, except much worse because they do these, and this is very bad, but like they do these flashbacks from like the current timeline of 2036 where Jade Wesker remembers her fucking past life. And it's like, Bro, like, if you just waited th- three minutes in, in current timeline until she got knocked out and then she dreamed about this shit, then I'd be more invested in, like, her fighting a fucking caterpillar in the first eight, 18 minutes. hmm But, like, outside of that, like, yeah, it's just, it's just, a, it's an okay show. It's, it, it's at best run-of-the-mill and it's at worst completely forgettable. But without that caterpillar scene, that's what really drew me in. I was like, ooh, yes. But... If 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 they just paused on on the the flashback into young young Jade until after she got knocked out by the caterpillar, then I would have been like, okay, it. yeah, I, cool. I, I I get that. I get that a little bit. Yeah. Like I said, it's not it's not a perfect show, but I, you right. know, I enjoyed it. I really, the fucking I really caterpillar would have been more realistically portrayed if they would have just filmed a caterpillar on a leaf in nature <laughs> and fucking green screened it in like an old Godzilla movie with fucking Mothra. Alright, I'm gonna hardcore disagree with you. I think the visual effects in this show are actually fantastic. You're fucking oh, stupid. They are legitimately fantastic for this show. And there's a did reason why they got the these same actors. show? Yes, we did. As you, you Caleb, uh, Caleb, did Mila Jovovich show up in yours at any point? Are you sure you didn't watch the CGI shows instead on yeah. accident? Well, no, I watched the terrible. fucking live action thing with like the people <laughs> with weird plague boils, like glued to their face with like, you know, not enough prosthetic fucking cement and looked like they just had like floppy neck meat hanging there. I mean, I want to take the time to agree with Dan. I think uh, the biggest misgiving that this show has is the intercutting between the two timelines. Mm-hmm. I think especially early in the series, I think that one plot line is inherently more interesting than the other. And the problem is, yes. as they swap, um, sometimes you're more interested in the future plot line. Sometimes you're more interested in the present day plot line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's like toward the back half of the series where you kind of start getting invested in both as they, I'm sure we'll get into more of that in in spoilers with character divergences and stuff. I think it handles it better in the in the back portion of it. But like the problem with the present day storyline is I think it's it's set up specifically to be a very, very run of the mill person gets infected and causes an an outbreak uh, story. And I mean, me being like someone like if you guys want, I can give you the Caleb reads the Silmarillion to Gerald uh, style 
back history on like James Marcus and Oswald Spencer and the Umbrella Corporation's founding and everything. So but, can I though? Like I'm <laughs> I'm as much of a Resident Evil fan as you. I can't believe you didn't like this and you're that big of a Resident so, Evil fan. But <laughs> making references to something that I care about doesn't make me care about the thing that you're doing. I love you. But yeah. like, like I said, I think that it handles, I think that that's the worst part is, is, is the splitting between the two timelines. But like I said, I expected that they were going to subvert it. Like it was a, kind of a given to me that they were going to subvert it because these are Wesker's kids. And if you know, Resident Evil, the games, like even like passingly, uh, Wesker's not normal. So it's easy for me to be like, something else is going to happen here, you know? Sure. Is Brad still here? His picture's been frozen for like seven minutes. <laughs> oh no, Brad's here. I'm here. That's I'm just here. what he looks like. That's just waiting for you guys to finish ranting. I'm still in shock that Nick loved this. Like I, I I'm am. like I, I utterly am surprised. And my heart is filled with joy. <laughs> all well, at the same is, time. Is too. Like <laughs> I, I can think this show is as average as I want it to be. But Nick agreeing with Brad for the most part is like, it's like chicken noodle soup for my fucking balls. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not used to having to be the person who hates the thing. Yeah. But like what, what you were saying, Nick, with the, the present day storyline, which uh, we're going to call 2022 and then 2036 being the dystopian future storyline, the dystopian future storyline, I felt like I feel like both are extremely run of the mill because they go in the exact way you think they're going to go, because as soon as Jade is established and she's always established as uh, older, Jade is established as like a risk taker and is ultimately extremely selfish in in the way she behaves. Yeah, You know, it's very much like, oh, she's going to set off this trap. Oh, fucking everybody in this compound is going to get killed. She's going to just going to keep running. Everyone's going to die around her. But that gets called out later by a, a character. And like you just watch her go and you're just like, what? Like, like, so your end game is just like it's going to be this thing. And it was that thing. And it was the same thing with the pat the, the 2022 storyline where it was like, oh, Billy's infected. Uh, well, here's her storyline written out. Here's everybody else's storyline written out. I know exactly where this is going the entire time. So, uh, like, for me, there wasn't enough intrigue because I just felt like I knew the plot before it happened. I don't know what to believe in anymore. <laughs> Can't believe in Santa. Just go watch Man vs. B again, Caleb. Much <laughs> to Dan's chagrin. I'll fucking kill myself. <laughs> You you know that I was joking about liking Man vs. B, right? No, sort no of. No one knows that. <laughs> kind of. Kind of. I kind of was joking. All right. Um, is there anything else anyone wants to say non-spoiler wise before we spoil the whole fucking thing? I don't think so. Caleb just wants to express disappointment in everybody. Yeah. This is this is nice being on the opposite. Usually it's Dan being like, I don't care. I don't care. That was just Halloween kills. And I'm <laughs> justified. I am justified in not giving a fuck about that movie because that movie doesn't give a fuck about anybody. No. I wish that you were all my children so that I could neglect you and work all the time. <laughs> 
Uh, that's great. All right, we're getting into spoilers now. So if you haven't watched the Resident Evil series or you don't give a fuck because the 3.8 on IMDb has scared you away from ever caring about this show. Uh, or because you have a brain in your head and aren't a zombie uh, wandering through life uh, aimlessly. Sure. Consume content, you drudgeon. I like a bitter and angry Caleb much more than I like angry Caleb or like, <laughs> like happy Caleb. Let me just play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. No, no, like... no, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, but the ending is awesome. So if I could just play the... This is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. All right, who wants to talk about what first? Let's go. Uh, Caleb, you're, you're barred for a second. Brad, I haven't heard from you in a while. Talk about something. I'm gonna, I mean, you know, I've only played the games up to four. I haven't played past four. Mm-hmm. So for me, a lot of like the callbacks, you know, the, always the callback to Raccoon City, the, the game callbacks that, you know, I really picked up on were part that really like hooked me in of like, okay, this is in that same universe. I know enough to to kind of carry my way through. Like, I think my favorite scene is when the hooded chainsaw guy comes in and I yeah. was just like freaking out of like, this is awesome. That that and, you know, the guy dying in the volcano or like the only two references that are really picked up on past like Resident Evil three. Apparently, like to, you know. To Nick's credit, yes, like I was I was a bit. Uh, into that as well, because like apparently everything up to and including uh, Resident Evil Three is canon with this, huh? Because like the whole Raccoon City incident happens, yep, and mm-hmm. then it just like takes it in its own direction. I mean, everything's canon as far as I can see, because I mean, even everything up to you get the flashback scene, which is, I mean, the costume design, I will say for like things that are Resident Evil centric is on point too. like Lance Reddick's like the OG Albert Wesker outfit from yes, Resident Evil 5 I and the leather it. trench coat is legitimately exactly perfect costuming. Uh, Lisa Trevor and like the G eyeball that opens up on her back, like that character design wearing the face made of made of like human faces. Yeah, made out of yes. her mother and father. Yeah, oh yeah. Yep. It's like 100% out of like it, like that, the character that was design out of the, that was perfect. out of the Resident Evil remake. Yeah. The original one, yeah. So like like everything that they call back to is great, I, I, I really think. And that's what kind of lends it to me as, as and like, I, I don't get, I, well, Caleb will have to touch on it more because he's probably the biggest RE fan that didn't like it here. But like, for me, it really tied it authentically into the canon of the games, which is the canon that I personally care about. Uh, as Brad said at the beginning of the review, I do like uh, the first two Resident and a lot of people hate the second Miliovovich movie. I actually really love it because I love, the nemesis design and everything mm-hmm. but those movies Wars. those movies descend so quickly into like a, just a barrage of un like fathomably edited action where there's like six cuts per second per action sequence and it just gets like seizure inducing yeah. to watch yeah, so like i like... just really enjoyed the canon of this like tying back to that and like I, I just I loved the gore of it. I loved the silly bee campiness of, of it. Can we great. talk for a moment, please, about the greatest character I've seen in a television show in quite some time 
That's Richard Baxter, Turlo Coffee's character, who is so fucking ridiculously over the top. The big fat dude. The oh, big yes. Fat oh, yeah. Dude. yeah. Yes, he dude was for awesome. some reason Holy was shit. action man. Yeah, he had that <laughs> great, I love like, that. I love that guy. Like, that's Resident Evil to me. It's supposed to be campy and silly and B-movie yeah. horror, goofy, silly shit. So I just saw that shit and I fucking I fell over like laughing, loving it. Okay, so they could have gotten me on board with the campiness had somebody at any point said the phrase Jill Sandwich or Master of Unlocking. But he did say Master of Unlocking. Wait, yes, they did. Yeah, he did reference that. Okay, I've changed my mind. I love this show. So no, like that's that's arguably that he was arguably my favorite character for a while, and also like the the complete, uh, oh what the hell, like the trope shift that they use for him of like, hey, you just think he is just like guy in a suit, completely pathetic, has, the umbrella has, asshole, umbrella asshole has yep. no combat skills whatsoever, and then they get inside the French cult prison, which. Uh, I just said the the secret phrase for Dan liking something sort of is cult. <laughs> that was probably my favorite episode too. That is the best episode of the series by far. But they get there and then he just starts murking fucking people all over the place, murking zombies. He is like the fucking Terminator when watching that goddamn episode. <laughs> it's fantastic watching it, him work. It really is. It, it was. It turns his character on its head completely because, like I said. I thought he was completely useless. And then he just like pulls out a gun. And it's just like, I'll give a shit. I'm fucking up everybody. You know what I'll say about him? And, and then I, I, I got to pass it on. Cause I've been talking a lot, but I, I do appreciate that they killed him because I feel like he would have overstayed his welcome. Yes. I'm glad that they killed him off. He's only in four episodes. Mm-hmm. He gets that the, his last <laughs> episode, he's really badass, And then he's gone. Like, I feel like he would have overstayed his welcome if he would have been around for a whole season or more than a whole season, you know? I thought you were going to say he would have solved the entire plot by killing all the zombies. (laughs) 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 But yeah, I I, I agree with that. I'm glad that they did kill him off because he would have overstayed or it would have just he would have just taken over. and You wouldn't have cared about the characters they want you to care about. You've been like. Well, give me more of him. That's what I want. I don't right. want. I don't want. I don't. I don't care about the other people. Right, and y- you know, y- y- you eventually like because you're right. Like Jade Wesker in the future is like I, I. Her story is like the reason we have a story, and so you have to care about it to a yeah. degree. But like, boy, is she just extremely uninteresting because she just constantly makes mistake after mistake after mistake. She makes the worst decisions hand over fist in this series. Absolutely. Over and over and over again, which again makes her a great B horror movie protagonist. Correct. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh, But they should split it up. (laughs) Let's let's split up. Let's bring a zombie (laughs) on fucking board. That'll fix my shit. But it kind of carried over from her in 2022 because she did the same thing. She was just she made dumb decisions and it was always about her, about the Jade what, Joe. Yeah, what 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 works best for her? And this is what we got to do. See, I really didn't pick it. And I mean, that's just me being dumb, but I really didn't pick up on that in 2022 of her being selfish, uh, unless like it was her masquerading selfishness as selflessness and caring about her sister. But she did care about her sister, but it, it, I felt like it was still 
about her, especially when she she wanted to be the purposely troublemaker, so to speak. Unlike oh. her sister, was like Let- I just I just want to blend in and disappear. Yeah. Yeah, if I was a kid and I told my dad, fuck you, I would have gotten punched in the face. <laughs> I mean, it all, let's be fair, it's also a different time. Like, because there was a certain point where my dad stopped beating me, you know. <laughs> and that was 2019. 20... <laughs> no, dad, no. <laughs> you could hear that from early Netflix and Swill recordings in the background. <laughs> At least your dad got back with the milk. That's that's true. Um, but like, like parenting has completely changed. So like, I understand Wesker just being like, "Well, I can't, I can't just as easily slap a bitch right now. Like, I can't oh, fucking shit. do that." But so like, in- whatever. <laughs> Instead, but- we'll just let him get bit by a, a zombie dog. Yeah. Well, like, and that's kind of like why I like the Wesker character a lot, or like the the Wesker character we get that who is not the true Albert Wesker, but that's a that's we'll talk about the clones here in a minute. But like, I I actually like that character because like through it all, he is still a good dad. Like everything you know about Wesker is like he's very self centered. Everything I know about Wesker is like he's very self centered, only cares about himself. Now he has kids, and you have this character who actually like through it all despite the fact that he is seemingly neglectful at the very beginning, still cares about his kids. Like he threat, he, the most, he emasculates a man in front of his own daughter. And I like that, that scene of like a fucking let's oh. go. I fucking yeah, love I was like, this scene <laughs> where he's just like, I will fucking erase you from the fucking world and you will <laughs> never do anything. You won't even get, a server admin for fucking yeah. Pornhub. How many That's- how many people can do your job? A thousand? <laughs> ten thousand? You know how many people can do my job? One. Me. <laughs> or or the other clones that are in the basement. Whichever well, true, you want. True. But at that time, that was like the fucking coldest shit I've ever heard in my entire life. That's That scene was this so This motherfucker's game awesome. so cold. <laughs> Boom, pop the hat. <laughs> <laughs> But like <laughs> through it, that scene in his own twisted way, Wesker Wesker is like a, a great is fa- a great father. You know, everything he does is for his kids. Like it was actually cool to see like a very unselfish Wesker it, it, to a degree, despite the fact that like now his kids fucking hate him because they're like, oh, you only kept us around because you needed body bag or, or yeah. like blood bags. And it's like, no, like he actually seemed to care about you guys. Like it's just I mean, he even- dumb teens. He even set up, you know, a little uh, scavenger hunt, all of the games where you had to figure out ways to get into the broom and and play the certain keys and play everything. Play the Sonata. Yep. Well, yeah, that's a reference to Resident Evil games. Um, I don't know. Also, couldn't it have been just like, hey, here's a note. Go play the piano and then like you'll get a clue and then like the thing's done. Why do I have to watch you walk around the house? And go upstairs and downstairs three times while avoiding cameras. Because you need pratfall funniness. <laughs> oh, camera, <laughs> drop to the ground! Because backtracking's essential in a Resident Evil game. <laughs> oh my god, it's so meta! <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we can talk about that part. Like, it, this, see, this seems to be panned by a lot of people who who want like a Resident Evil adaptation that is 
I don't know. Is it is it faithful? Is it good? Like what what is what what do Resident Evil fans want? I feel like I'm Ryan Gosling at this point. I don't know what they want. So here's the thing: the the Resident Evil films are not faithful at all, really, Correct. to the games. Uh, what this is a sequel to the games, I guess. It is, but yeah, but like percent. I think that what people are complaining about and what they what they're saying that they want whether it's what they really want or not remains to be seen because we've never had it yet is an actual adaptation of the games themselves why uh i don't know because you can just go play the game which is what i was gonna get at with like nick's point and we kind of got away from it but like yeah it it's cool that it like references game stuff but like I can just go play Code Veronica on my Dreamcast and it's better. Yeah, and that's fair. But like, I that's the thing. It's like, why? Because I hear this all the time. No one wants a direct adaptation of anything. Go talk to any fucking fans of any anime show that's getting a live, at, at, live action adaptation. And they're just like, well, I just want a different story. Uh, I'm guilty of this, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just want a different story. And video game people are the same fuck with, I just want a different story. And then you get a fucking different story, and all you do is endlessly bitch about it. Like, I, I don't fucking like, uh, get it. Like Cowboy Bebop, Emmy-nominated series. <laughs> I mean, I can't speak for anybody else, but, like, I love that what this is, series is, is it's in continuity with the games. It doesn't break any continuity from the games. Like, I appreciate, like, the nods, all the touches, like, mm-hmm. the little flashback, like, little bits and all the stuff that we get that ties into the games because mm-hmm. it just ties into established lore. Uh, that's what I want. I can't speak for anybody else because it's very clear that at this point, after seven movies, like the six Paul W.S. Anderson movies and then Welcome to Raccoon City, which needlessly tried to smash the plots of the first two games together. Like, it's just, this is the closest thing we've gotten to a, I'll say it, quote unquote, faithful adaptation, even though it's not an adaptation of anything existing, but it's just, it's in continuity. And like that, like to me, like I like the game's continuity. I like that this only references them and it does it fleetingly. Like it doesn't just like every five minutes throw a Resident Evil reference in your face. They're just little drops here and there like a little touch here a little touch there like you get liquors for whatever random reason in the tunnel and the channel sequence and then they're gone uh, forever are great and like i really love the design of them it's the probably the closest liquor design we've ever had in a resident evil live action adaptation like they're great (laughs) and it was a really great sequence of like the tongue just shooting out of the darkness and ripping people away great horror stuff like, that's all I really care about is like it was in continuity with the games and it like tries to do its own thing, even though it is sort of retreading stuff because it's just going to lead to. An, and eventually we still don't know technically how the uh, outbreak began that led to the post apocalypse in 2036. But, you know, it's going to just lead to another T virus outbreak of, of whatever mm. kind. But, you know, I mean, Resident Evil games, like I said it on Facebook before we started recording, like Resident Evil games have had so many viruses, infections, outbreaks, so many variations of the T-virus now that literally they're fucking a dime a dozen. Like, they're all telling the same story pretty much over and over again. It's like Resident Evil 4 is the same thing. It's like it's Las Plagas parasites instead of the T-virus. Like, yeah. and Resident Evil 5 throws Ouroboros in there and like 
the Resident Evil 6 is the C virus. Like, there's a letter of the alphabet virus for everything. Like, <laughs> it's all the same thing. Like, I just want it to be entertaining, gory, I've, I've finished development fun. of my T virus, but I still <laughs> got to work on my even more powerful G virus. <laughs> An actual line from Resident Evil 2. <laughs> well, I mean, that's I, me, though. So... I, Two yeah. two things, Nick. Um, first of all, uh, you said you said about uh, the liquor design. Liquor design. I hardly know her design. <laughs> uh, second thing, God it's, damn it, it's not really in continuity, is it? Like it picks and chooses what it wants to be in continuity. Like you, you even were hitting on this. Like you know, there's no there's no G virus. There's no BSAA. There's no like. Yet. You know, people giving a shit about Umbrella. Like, it's just the apocalypse happened. Like, it's it's the Resident Evil movies again. Like, in the Resident Evil games, the apocalypse never actually happened. Like, it gets stopped each time. Because, right. like, there would be no stakes to the games at that point. Like, if, if the world already ended, like, who gives a shit? Sure. Like it's just like one person trying to, you know, but like that's interesting in a movie, you know, setting, I guess. But like, you know what I mean? Like there, there's no there's a tyrant in a glass tube and it never comes out. Until the very end and then it comes out and then that's theoretically what begins. <laughs> and, and it's like, I'm outbreak. coming <laughs> out. I mean, like, like I said, I it's in the same world. That's 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 just clear to me and i mean like i said it, from from the final from the final shot like we get that shot to where she opens the slip of paper that wesker wants him to go see ada wong why for whatever reason who knows yeah but like you know it's like it's clear to me that they're probably especially the 2022 timeline i don't see them folding in like geriatric chris redfield in 2036 <laughs> although that'd be hilarious but he'd probably still be punching yeah. boulders i'm really sad that we didn't yeah. get a boulder punching throw, reference throw in this, a left in this hook series. on the boulder <laughs> By but like finishing a QTE sequence, I bet we'll get more like of that kind of stuff. Like because like I said, it gets sprinkled in, and you only get enough of it to connect it to the world of the games, but mm -hmm. not like be overbearing fan service, which I don't think anything should ever be. And and I know that was your biggest issue with Welcome to Raccoon City because it was just hey, remember this it scene? Was fan remember service the movie? Like yeah, ninety minutes of it. It just smashed together the two plots of the games for no reason, and then literally it was just. It, oh, fuck that movie's just it's Man. so it's so misguided is what that movie is i am i am shook and perplexed i'm bamboozled <laughs> we didn't rent land on raccoon city raccoon city landed on us <laughs> so i mean technically i i think the acting is okay to to a degree uh, I talked about it in the pre-roll, but like Lance Reddick, because uh, there are clones, there are clones of, yes. of Wesker. Uh, Lance Reddick as Albert is is good, but then Lance Reddick as Bert, fantastic. <laughs> it's a complete, complete physicality and tone yeah. shift that he, he performed yeah. there. He is the highlight of the show, hands down, hands down. And and in season two, which again I predict we are getting, we uh, I like I, I have looked at the stats. We are likely going to get a season two of this show. I want more Burt Wesker. I need more Burt Wesker in my life because that man has changed my life. Because <laughs> I've never seen Lance Reddick 
act like that before, quite honestly. Ashley's watching The Wire right now, and he is very much like Albert Wesker. And I've seen him in uh, the John Wick movies, and that's Albert Wesker. Yeah. The only thing I know him from, like, before this is Lost, where he plays, like, the most creepy, menacing dude, like, Mr. Alpert ever. So, yeah, when I saw him cast in this as Wesker, I was like, this is the best casting that's ever been cast. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then um, he's in the Horizon franchise on PlayStation, and he is, like, the, the mysterious oh, yeah. badass guy. And he's great in that. So seeing him being like this weirdo fucking dude who uh, <laughs> is like they're uh, going to be their new father figure for season yeah. two. I'm I'm fucking here for it. I need this Lance Reddick in my life. But I, I think we'll we'll see the Albert Wesker, you know, from the games, Lance Reddick. He's got to come back at some point. I would assume so. But yeah, I, I did. I'm with you. I love that. Because you know Lance Reddick, and he's always like very. He's got that voice. He's usually very serious, and and if he talks, you're like, I'm gonna fucking listen to whatever you say. Yeah. <laughs> I will listen to you. <laughs> and then seeing him, like when they go out to eat to the restaurant, and he's he, he even in his eyes, you can, he's like are... got these little toddler face. Like <laughs> I'm like, this a, is not Lance Reddick. Breadsticks. <laughs> one, breadsticks. One basket of breadsticks per table, but that's a limit. <laughs> right and that's the that's the kind of beauty of Bert too is that like Bert is like this kind of nonsensical goofball idiot but he also still has that <laughs> psychopathic tendency of Albert Wesker to fuck people up entirely yeah like yeah. the 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 old man action sequence where Bert fucks up uh all, all the umbrella people before getting handcuffed to the car like you see his badassness in that sequence yeah. and also his goofballness because like after he gets handcuffed, he's like, well, that's not fair. And this is like, oh, it's, Wesker would never behave like that. And that's like, like that's some, again. And I know, and I know this will probably draw I, comparisons to like episode eight, but like subverting what you expect from people. I, I did like seeing Wesker do like the fucking quick bullet dodges that he does in Resident Evil five. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. I like. I wish that scene were shot better. I don't yeah, think that like they really showcase like super powered Wesker no. quite as well as they really yeah. could have. But yeah, so, I I appreciated seeing that. Not like Paul W. S. Anderson did. God damn it! Right. Can, I mean, can we can we come out of the call already? <laughs> so Wesker in the first Resident Evil game had like no special abilities, right? He was just. In the first Resident Evil game, Wesker dies after you find out he's been a researcher at Umbrella Forever. Then they retconned yeah, it in Code got, Veronica. He got impaled by the Titan. Yeah, but then, and then like, and I thought that that was the point where he got infected by the T virus. No, so in, they retconned it in. I think it's Code Veronica where he gets a special thing from Doctor Birkin, who invented the G virus. I know way too much about Resident Evil, and then he injects himself with it before he gets stabbed by the tyrant, and that's what causes him to survive the tyrant attack. Sons of bitches! They, like they've retconned and changed everything. Like that's why the clones thing. Like I'm sure some people online are complaining about the clones thing. Wesker's backstory and everything has been changed so many times in Resident <laughs> Evil lore. Like first he's retconned to not die. Then he's retconned to like have all these like this Project Wesker thing. Then he has a sister. Then he has a son in Resident Evil Six. Like everything about him changes like every game. It, like yeah, like so for me it's like clones. It's like 
Yeah, that's something he would have done, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he and then he dies in a volcano. And then he dies in a volcano. <laughs> yeah, quite honestly, the very limited knowledge <laughs> I have of Albert Wesker is like, yeah, it sounds like he would make clones of himself. Like, so I, I don't understand why everybody is just like, oh, yeah, fucking clones. Well, this is fucking dog shit. Uh, I, I well, thumbed through a series of one star reviews when I was like getting ready to get on and record. And a lot of them complain about like the teenage drama and stuff of the present yeah. day plotline, which means a they've never been teenagers. Uh, or forgot what it's like to be a teenager, or B, don't have teenagers, because uh, teenagers are extremely moody. I live with a preteen. Yes. I promise you it's true. I've already raised two teenage boys. They are very, very moody, always. Extremely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have teenagers in my house yet, but my wife works in a high school, and I hear about all the drama that Teenagers are school. fucking moody. Oh. Like, it's, like, yeah. legitimately a thing. Like, and then the other people were just complaining, it's not in canon with the games at all. Resident Evil never had running zombies, even though it did. Like, it's... Yeah. People are dumb. The fucking redheads. Yeah, the crimson heads. Crimson like, heads. People, people are dumb. Like, I this mean, got... It's it's like forty percent one star reviews on IMDb. Like that's oh, review it's a review bombing. bomb. That's that's like review bombing. Hundred percent sure. review bombing. Like these people yeah. like just didn't give this a chance. Probably because, and let's just say it, uh, it has a black Wesker and it has a predominantly like black and like like people of female color cast cast and you know female led cast. Yep, yes. exactly. you know that is like, that okay. Yeah. So now. So now, because I don't like thing, no, you're saying that I'm no. racist and sexist. <laughs> no, not you, because you at least have good <laughs> arguments as to why you don't like the thing. But a lot of a lot of complaints when the first trailer came out were, "Oh my god, they went woke. They have black <laughs> Wesker. They exactly. got female main characters. Like I fucking hate this." Netflix went woke go woke go broke blah 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 meanwhile yeah. netflix is more profitable than they've ever been so they definitely haven't gone broke so good good theory fuckheads like <laughs> i just i i know why it happens it's the society we're in right now it, it, we live everything. in a society <laughs> we but it's only a so society <laughs> But like, yeah, that's like, and, and I don't want to equate everybody to hating it because, you know, black and women, black women, Asian characters. No, I, and I'm sure that there are people like, and I, mm. Corey from Culture wait, Shock has already commented wait. on my Facebook and said he didn't like it. I can't wait to, to get into it with him because he's like, it's offensive if you're a Resident Evil fan. And I'm just like watching it and I'm like, but you're a Resident okay. Evil fan. Yeah. Right. So like, yeah, I'm. I'm sure some people have valid criticisms, but yeah, 40, it's got 40% one star reviews on IMDb. That's straight up review bombing. Correct. I can't no wait. Question. <laughs> I can't wait until season two when, uh, Ada Wong is a Hispanic trans dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen. I'll be, so, I'll be there for that just to piss off the, the I hope it happens. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. Trump voters. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's great. But like, so yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, if you hate the the show just because of the people cast in it, I mean, stop watching things. Just, I was just say don't watch it. Just 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 go watch shit on Tubi, which has only white people. If you're asking me to choose between, you know, watching Resident Evil on Netflix and my obsession with pointing out doors to people, 
Well, there's the door. <laughs> and and oh, I, I, I will say, obviously, the Resident Evil movies, I will admit, they're not good. They're not right. good at all. Correct. But this, I mean, I will admit, this is better than those movies. Yes. Even though I love, love the movies as shitty as they are. <laughs> but, but those people, I want to point me, like, see what you got before this? And you're going to complain now? Like, that's the thing. I remember seeing Resident Evil 5 in a theater. It has Leon and Barry in it from the games for no reason. They just yeah. chuck them in there and they're just randomly there. Like, they're it's just true. randomly there, like, in these game costumes. They Like, like that's the kind of stuff you got before. And it's that's not like a bar. Like, this, this should stand on its own merit. Like, it shouldn't just be like, it's better than the garbage we got. It's slightly <laughs> tastier trash, so it's better. Like, but, but no, like I very genuinely enjoyed it. I enjoyed most of the performances. I Tamara Smart is young Jade. I wasn't like really hot on her performance. No, she she's so uneven. Like there are scenes yeah. where she's really good, and then there are scenes where she's just like terrible. But I really love Ella Belinsky as older Jade. I think she's phenomenal. I loved both versions of Billy. I think Sienna Augdong. I probably pronounced that incorrectly. I think she's fantastic as. The younger Billy, who's like really scared and conflicted and, and, and all these different things. She's, she's Billy Eilish. I really, I think that, that what this series really asks of you, too, is to get invested in the relationship between these two sisters, especially when you find out that Billy's still alive. Because we get told at one point by Jade that her sister died, and then we find out she's still alive. And now, like, the whole kind of point of the series is going to be the breakdown of their relationship and how they get to the point where... They're obviously in 2036 where, you know, she kidnaps her daughter at gunpoint and leaves her for dead. Uh, speaking of tangential references to Resident Evil, the last episode is called Revelations. Resident Evil Revelations. Yeah. Which and is a fantastic was, game series. And I was like, well, part of it, part of the episodes on a ship. But uh, no, not fantastic game series. The best Resident Evil game period is resident evil revelations i would put that in my top three so i can hard agree it's sure uh, the first one's even the second one is the second one's really good but it's not as good as the first uh so resident evil revelations is the first resident evil game probably in a long time that actually scared me because like whenever you're hearing the guy calling out on the radio and his voice is all fucked up and you know you're walking towards a monster but you have to yeah. do it because there's a fucking, you know, waypoint that tells you to go there. <laughs> uh, and it's, you know, it's haunting. And the dude's like turned into a monster. And he's just like, Mayday, Mayday. It's like, I don't want to walk in that room. Right. Revelations is so good. I haven't played that game in 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 quite a bit, too. I, did you play it for you, what was it? What did it come out for? Like the PS3 originally or something? 3DS. Like that? 3DS, then, that's right. And then it got so that game got kind of short shrift because like it came out on the 3DS, but then they ported it to I think the Xbox, because uh, that's what I played it on. Xbox the 360. 360. But but yeah, they like just changed the resolution to 1080p and didn't change yeah. any of the textures. And it was like yeah. you're not you're not experiencing this game the way it was meant to be played. Yeah. And it's makes me mad. I still really loved it though. So I don't, 
I don't, I don't care. It is, it is fantastic game. I absolutely loved it. I really, I did really like two as well, but, uh, not as much, not as much. Yeah. All right. So two things that I'm going to bring up. Uh, so one, you guys are mentioning the Nick, you especially mentioned this, the teenage drama shit. So like, as somebody who really enjoyed lock and key as a graphic novel, that is something that really sold me from not watching the current series, which is nothing but like family teen drama shit, because that was not what I was sold when I read the graphic novel was, was that kind of thing. So like, I can get that because that seems like the general genre direction that Netflix is going in is teen drama and teen drama seems to be the biggest kind of hits for Netflix for the most part, like shadow and bone feels like a teen drama lock and key kind of a teen drama Uh, umbrella Academy. It's like its own genre, stupid thing that people somehow like for some reason, but like, that they, it just seems like a general direction that Netflix is going in that they are like, look, people like our teen, uh, our teen drama stuff. I mean, look at like 13 reasons why for some reason. So like, I understand the criticism against it for that reason, because people are potentially tired of the teen drama stuff. I don't think it's bad from that perspective whatsoever. I think the teen drama stuff in this is fine like i said i think i i really tamra smart like you said i i agree she's very very uneven but i think a lot of the rest of it really really works and i mean like this show actually did shock the shit out of me when evelyn just straight up shot her son in the head that was crazy i absolutely really really loved that moment because it was just like like at number one it really sells paula as like this insane or evelyn excuse me um Paula is her is her actor's name, uh, but like it really really sells like that character as like this real hard ass who's determined to succeed at any rate. Juxtaposed by the scenes of her in the future where she's uh, got a chip implanted in her or something and can be turned on and off like a robot. <laughs> okay, so this is the second of the points that I wanted to bring up. Uh, one of the things that has been going on on social media is that sequence of her doing a dance. Uh, has been on TikTok, but with like, uh, and ironically enough, it's just like middle-aged men screaming about something. So like, it's like her on top, but then like there's a sequence of like Walter White just fucking yelling in the middle of the desert. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like, uh, and I'm just like, I look at that and I'm like, why are you complaining about this? And then I watched the sequence and I'm like, yeah, it's weird. And I went, wait, what? while watching it like why is this woman suddenly fucking doing a song and dance number but then you watch it and you're like oh and i don't think the moment earns this but you find out that she's being controlled by billy and then billy has like next to no respect for her after during this scene and you're just like well but wait why because we haven't gotten to that point yet in the the 2022 storyline or like the the pre like the in betweens of the storylines to where like Billy loses all respect for uh, Paula or or Evelyn, and is just like I'm willing to use you like a fucking toy because I have I have no desire for you to be perceived as a human being. Like it's missing that, and if it had that, I'm sure people would still shit on it because they'd be like this isn't Resident Evil. I gotta show everybody this dumb scene <laughs> so they don't fucking watch the show. 
but it would feel more of like an earned kind of dumb little thing that happens in the show. I have stunned you all with my great point. Uh, I'll take this victory. (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like I've been talking too much, so I'm trying to be quiet and let other people have the floor. You were just replaying Uh, that TikTok dance in your brain. That's what you're doing. And I'm just sitting here in stunned silence. (laughs) (laughs) So that means Brad has to say something now. (laughs) (laughs) Now that my dog stopped barking. I know, right? um, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I don't have many thoughts on your point. I, I didn't, I didn't have a hate for this show. So, you know, when it comes to that and seeing that, I'm like, okay, you just kind of roll your eyes and like, yeah, whatever. Right. (laughs) It it, it was fine. It was a little odd how she goes from the, you know, ruler of the world, so to speak of like, she's a badass bitch to, hey, now I'm a puppet. Right. Uh, great physical acting for her in that sequence, though. Yeah. Great, oh, yeah. Really, absolutely. But like the 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 fact that, the fact of the matter is that people went around to just shit on this show for no fucking reason because like they just had to. It, it just shows up with fucking Jade walking to the goddamn tent, and then she just breaks out into her song and dance number, and then conveniently cuts out fucking Billy being like, "Oh yeah, I just do that to fuck with her because I I have like her electrodes hooked up to an iPad." And it's like, you're missing the most important context of that, but you just want to prove a point by being like, oh, well, my fucking, uh, I think this isn't Resident Evil, so let's look at this dumb fucking dance scene that happens in the seventh episode. <laughs> I fucking hate people like that. I just, I, I just despise people. Like, if you want to shit on the show in context, go for it. But if you want to take a moment out of context and be like, this is why the show fucking sucks, you're a moron. But that's what it's it's cool to do nowadays. It's and true. It, it's stupid. Like yeah. I I don't I don't agree with it it's, by any means. But. It's hip to be square. <laughs> Resident Evil has plenty of like the games themselves have plenty of really really dumb shit moments that you could also just pull out of context and be like, this is really stupid. So yeah. you know, I'm sure it's. I mean, it's fine. Now it's, it's Wesker's it's turn to disappear. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, should take this what is it it's a lock pick i thought that you the master of unlocking <laughs> should have this <laughs> well that was the other thing is like whenever you um most a jill sandwich <laughs> take this jill what is it it's a weapon it's really powerful especially against living things <laughs> Well, that was something else, too, is that people were calling out like the 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 line where Jade goes, um, you know, oh, I just like to watch Zootopia porn. And people are like, nobody fucking talks like that. And it's like, so you've never been a teenager who's just said shit for shock. Me and, value. Me yeah, and Sean exactly. talk like that. I talk like that. <laughs> I say shit for shock value all the fucking time. Like Zootopia well, no, me porn and Sean is legitimately Zootopia porn. Well, that's because you're, you're fucking weirdos. But the point. But like. People calling that out and like, this is bad dialogue because nobody talks like, shut the fuck up. You have no idea how people fucking talk. Oh, go outside. Fucking uh, fucking talk to the old lady across the street. She probably watches Zootopia porn, you fucking loser. (laughs) Go, go touch grass. (laughs) Outside? Uh, I don't go outside. I agree, Brad. Outside is terrible. 
<laughs> can we, also, can we all agree that the can we all agree that 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 uh the giant the giant i guess it was not a crocodile but it just looked like a giant crocodile uh was was shortchanged i wanted more of it and yes it, and it already I agree. died i agree uh, but yeah. i really appreciate the the series leaning into so again that thing from the games where like there's just giant mutated animals all over like the giant caterpillar and like yeah. i mean there's a giant crocodile in two there's giant one spiders. in four uh there's giant animals in like every single iteration of the series so i really do love just random giant animals just being unleashed but i wanted more of it i think that you've just touched on what is probably my biggest problem with this which is the fact that like the monsters created by the t-virus are exactly as dangerous as the plot needs them to be at that moment sure fair because like the crocodile goes and goes and nuzzles up with fucking b for some reason and you're just like wait what and then, of course, they're they're holding that for season two or potentially longer because they want there to be more stuff. They want you to be invested. This is why I knew they were going to subvert the whole Billy starts the apocalypse thing, though, because I'm like, but she's a Wesker. Wesker, like when he created the clones, ostensibly was already super Wesker. And like their Wesker blood is just like weird and like with all the viruses and all this kind of stuff. So. I imagine this is just a further progression of that. Like, I guess we'll see if Jade did. Like, I, I love that, like, Billy throws that at her. Like, did you give her, like, the Wesker special? Like, because they're, you know, so fucked with viruses and, like, all this other shit. Right. Like, it'll be interesting to see. But, like, yeah, like, when the, when the thing was charged at her, I either, A, expected it to be, like, the normal thing of just something blows it up. Or, B, like, they, I don't know. Like, I really appreciated that. But then they just blew it up anyway. And I was like... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it just took, I want it just took like 10 more seconds it was like all right now blow it up you know what i didn't like like to more to caleb's point of things being as dangerous as the plot needs them to be is uh the zombies being so horribly inept and being cut down by those drones with miniguns uh which I mean, it, it's zombie like zombies 101 is you have to destroy their brains like and resident evil is no exception to that but these are zombies which were clearly just getting like a shot to the leg and just going down and never getting up like i think they did call that out in the first episode where it's like they're not necessarily dead it's just that they're mutated humans in some way so like they still feel i I don't know they they try i think they tried to explain away in the first episode very loosely and then it to the rest of the series i mean technically that's all that zombies in resident evil canon are anyway because they get infected with the virus and then just slowly like their flesh starts to fall off and then they get like itchy tasty and start eating people yeah that's a that's a sick resident evil reference you're welcome the fucking uh, dude's journal that's my favorite that's my favorite moment of lore from the game still is that dude's journal it's fucking great yeah uh, anything else anyone wants to say about Resident Evil that they haven't said, and then we'll get into final thoughts. I don't think I have anything. I f- <laughs> Brad, you've been the only one who yeah, notices you know, this. You know. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I was just letting Nick, uh, you know, spew love on this, and I was just sitting back and yeah. enjoying the show. Uh, so yeah, Nick, Nick, I've, I've seen far too much of Nick spewing love in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's only an hour away so he's gonna see a lot more 
Uh, final thoughts. Uh, let's go with the person who talked the least first. Let's go with Brad first. Brad, final thoughts on Resident <laughs> Evil Season 1. Final thoughts are, you know, give it a chance. Don't listen to the bad reviews. <laughs> Don't like, give it a watch. Like, <laughs> don't listen to Caleb. Listen to Nick, Dan, and I, and and give this give the show a Excuse shot. Excuse me, like, I'm middling real. on it. Not good. I'm middling on it. But you still, for the most part, you enjoyed. Yeah, you enjoyed it more than Caleb did. Let's oh let's yeah. Say that. I mean, that's not a high bar to cross. <laughs> <laughs> but give it a, give it a go. Just know going in, you're getting a B grade horror show based on video games it's it's pretty simple simple as that it's like right up my alley so you know you know before you even watched it you were probably like brad's gonna like this i knew i knew from the first 15 (laughs) minutes that you were gonna absolutely love this because it was it was gory and campy as hell i was like brad is brad's got a heart on the size of texas right now i'm all in all in uh instead of going with the guests let's go with caleb just to balance out the negativity just balance out positivity and negativity caleb final thoughts on so uh it does it does go balls deep into the gore uh which is not a sentence i hope i ever say again because that was (laughs) uh bracing (laughs) but uh Honestly, I think that I saw better blood effects if, you know, I can dig deep into the Netflix and Swole canon. Uh, like, the blood was more realistic in Avalanche Sharks. Um, <laughs> wow. Because it's like a pink spray, and then, you know, uh, it's not great. It's not great, Bob. Um, I don't know. A lot of the performances are wooden. Uh, Wesker really pulls the whole thing together. Where it really succeeds is that it does capture a lot of that campiness from the games, but like I have all the games. Like I can <laughs> I can experience that in its intended state. Which like, you know, it's I'm fine with the fact that like a B horror franchise of like films and TV shows spawned up around Resident Evil because Resident Evil is a B horror game. But like I don't know. It just it just didn't really do it for me. Uh and that's why it's a pass for me. Okay. Uh passes in don't watch. All right. Uh Nick, I'm going to leave you for last. I want to subvert <laughs> expectations here. So, uh again for me, I I like the gore. I like some plot beats. Uh cult episode basically sold me on the whole show. But I mean, uneven pacing I mean, I I can notice like very little things where you can just, you know, pull and put in a different like slightly later and it would fix a lot of problems that I have with the show. Uh, I mean, like I said, it feels like somebody watched Lost and just went, I can do this, but worse. And with how they wanted to sequence the flashback sequences with current day or or like show current day. You just um, need somebody in a bunker punching in a number every so often. If, uh, and that's it's, in theory, that was probably Bert, actually. Uh, that's why the T-Virus <laughs> got out. It's because true. Bert fucked up. But like uneven performances, especially from the kids. Uh, Tamara Smart, you know, there are scenes where she's great. But in the same scene, she'll be fucking like the next line delivery be fucking terrible. And I, I just go, oh, God, somebody get a real director on this show. But like for the most part, I. Would I be opposed to seeing a second season? Kinda. Maybe. I don't need a second season. I think it will still get a second season. 
In fact, I put out a tweet saying, "Here's what. Here's exactly what's going to happen for for the 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 timeline of Resident Evil." And allow me to just go through this very quickly. Uh, Resident Evil: A Timeline releases to bad reviews but good viewership. Gets a second season order. The second season improves upon the first season, but due to the negative feelings of the first season, won't be highly viewed. Cancelled after the second season. People who watched the first season lament that season two is much improved, but others who didn't watch will say that season one's quality swayed them away from watching it. Uh, and then somebody will say, uh, quote unquote, Netflix cancels everything too early, unquote. And uh, uh, my source for that is Another Life and Space Forces Timelines, uh, because I've watched and followed way too many Netflix shit to understand that I know that's exactly what's going to happen with Resident Evil. Uh, that is not a prediction. That is a spoiler. Paul Heyman. Uh, Nick, talk. I'm going to I'm going to start the hashtag save Resident Evil, uh, like just start <laughs> spamming it at HBO Max and stuff now <laughs> so we can get our third season of this uh, in the future. I mean, Dan's not wrong. I mean, the the negative backlash against this and I mean, Caleb didn't enjoy it. And, and that's Caleb's prerogative. Uh, people like what they like. People don't like what they don't like. Uh, but like this is getting such backlash. Like there's no way like in any universe that I believe that this is a three point five or a one star out of ten. Uh, but, you know, people get whatever they get out of uh, entertainment. That's perfectly fine uh, for me. Perfectly campy, like the games that had like great gore, throw in some giant creatures, throw in some zombies. Frankly, I think Ella Belinsky was fantastic as older Jade. Like, I really, really like the range of her performances. Lance Reddick, Caleb said it perfectly. Uh, his Wesker ties the entire show together. Bert was a delightful surprise. Did not expect that and absolutely loved it. That scene at the Olive Garden had me absolutely in tears laughing because <laughs> uh, he was so fucking excited about breadsticks. I mean, um, who but, wouldn't be? Yeah, it does. It does everything that I personally uh, wanted a Resident Evil series to do. It adheres to the existing lore and canon from the games while trying to do its own thing, which is to just do the same things the games have done again and again and again and again and again ever since the first one came out uh and the uh the spencer mansion incident like every game has had the same general plot like you get weaker enemies and then you get a, an area where you get stronger enemies you get some big mutant animals and then you get a final boss it's every single resident evil game and yeah i'm excited to see where this goes uh like the daughters like the the, the relationship between jade and billy was rough for me like getting into because uh, I don't think that the split between 2022 and 2036 was handled well. Like I said, I think that there are definitive points where one timeline is more interesting than the other. And you're like, I want to go back to this one. I don't want to keep watching this one. And that detracts from both of them. But by the end of it, I really, really bought into like them as sisters, both in the younger timeline, which then like transposes like in the in the older timeline where they're at like complete odds with each other. I'm excited to see them flesh that out. And how and why they've gotten to kind of where they are in 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 the world so uh, i'm game for it i'm here let's go baby four stars oh yeah that was the thing we didn't rate this uh so nick gives it four stars i'm giving it a three star brad i'm i'm splitting the difference between you two and going three and a half three and a half caleb two two uh so nick <laughs> It's almost like I've done a podcast with him for fucking six years or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not that I didn't enjoy this. Because I did. I had fun. 
I just don't think that it's good. Sure. And that's different, so. But I'm still glad that you had fun. My favorite part of this review was where I shocked Brad so much by loving it that he said next to nothing this whole time. I, I, you, you took the words, like, legitimately out of me. Like, I, it, I just couldn't. I couldn't do it after that. I was, I didn't know what to say. You know what? P- thumbs up to me for sending Brad first, because otherwise Brad would have said nothing the entire time. <laughs> I would have been, I just would have, I would have had to remove Brad after from him. the marquee and be like, oh, just Nick, Nick from Nikolai's Kitchen's here to talk about Resident Evil. Yeah. If it would have been, if I would have gone second after Nick, I just would have been going, uh, <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> it had a zombie dog. <laughs> It it had a cool big alligator. I wish I wish the alligator would have died because it had a propane tank in its mouth, and then they shot the propane tank and its head exploded like in Resident Evil 2. And and they said, Smile, you son of a bitch. Smile, you son of a bitch. Or at the very least, like when they were in the inflatable boat, like I really wish they had a spear gun on it and then had to shoot spears at it and really give us the Resident Evil yeah, 4 throwback. And then and then it got <laughs> they got no. pulled around the lake. Right? Exactly. But it wasn't infected with Plagas. Jeez. Get your fucking lore right, Resident Evil showrunners. Oh my god. Uh, I've sent my right hand after you. Your right hand comes off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. This has been fantastic. We need to do more four-man reviews. I I think four-man reviews are fun. Uh, yeah, Brad, what are you guys yeah, doing you, next you need, week? You need to get one that uh, you know Nick and I are at odds at. I know, right? More. That's the problem. It would be is... almost anything else, <laughs> anything but this. Yeah. <laughs> or, or like if it was like Zack Snyder's Justice League, well, then yeah, then yeah. we'll be like strongly on 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 point together. But yeah, Brad and I don't agree about most things. <laughs> I mean, you guys would have the correct opinion then, which is this wow, was what a fluke. A... What a vast improvement. Yeah, this is a fucking fall, Luke. Once a year, <laughs> does this happen? This is how you know this show was ultimately successful. It got me and Brad to agree about something. There you go. Now, go watch it, people. That means, oh, wait. That means <laughs> Gerald has to come in middling on this show. So that's how you know it works, is that Gerald, yeah, Gerald and I agree on something. It. Gerald won't watch it, because Gerald's a fucking piece of shit. But it's B-grade horror. This is Gerald's alley. This is Gerald's alley, but he won't watch it because he's a little bitch. Is it because Gerald hates a black Wesker? <laughs> or female leads? <laughs> uh, that's not true. That uh, 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 <laughs> Alert. Uh, notice, Gerald, Gerald likes, likes everything, uh, especially if you're Taylor. Actually, this, if, this, if Taylor Swift starred as Wesker, Albert Wesker, this would have been like a five-star fucking I'm thing. I'm so for sorry, her. audio audience, that you missed Caleb's very sad turn to camera very slowly <laughs> during that exchange, because it was literal perfection. Believe was, me, I want to start getting into video shit. <laughs> yeah, Gerald would have loved this if it was just a show about Taylor Swift doing laps around the planet in her private jet and destroying the ozone. <laughs> <laughs> but she'd have to do it in a Michael Myers mask. <laughs> oh my god, he'd have a boner the whole fucking time we because of the Michael Myers are mask. Never, ever, ever gonna carpool together. <laughs> Fuck the environment.
Oh shit. Uh, uh, Brad, Nick, thank you for coming on the show uh, and making this like an hour and a half uh, long review in and of itself. Uh, but I, I love it anyway. I don't care. Uh, I'll Please take enjoy as much the time. Edit. Oh, the edit's gonna <laughs> yeah. be. Uh, I'm going to barely edit anything. I can tell you that there's very little dead space. Dead space. That's another horror franchise. I can't wait till they ruin that. Me great. Didn't, uh, didn't what the fuck's his name? Didn't no, not Dead Space. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Uh, that what the fuck is now? I can't think of his name. The wait, shitty filmmaker who fights critics because he doesn't like them. Oh, Uwe Boll. Uwe Boll. Yeah, I couldn't think of his name. No, he did. Even Dead I better alive. He did right. Yeah. Even I can't like his films. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched this Far Cry movie and I just went, "This man should never get money ever again." And now All he's right. going to challenge Dan to a boxing match. I'll beat the fuck out of that guy. That guy's a fucking little pussy ass bitch. I'll fucking ruin him and all of his fucking ancestors and descendants. Wow. I will fucking <laughs> disgrace the bowl name. We'll have to take a fucking page out of the countdowns playbook and have Uwe Bowl watch. Uwe Bowl is a fucking hack, and I hope he fucking disappears into the netherworld where he's never heard from again, except for whenever uh, he just sits there in a void. And it's just people fucking shitting on his movies the entire time. That's all he hears. <laughs> and it'll be an endless fucking stream because he's fucking dog it's shit. Probably just his everyday life. <laughs> if the T virus can jump species, why wouldn't mosquitoes just get it and then all life on Earth would be T virus? It's all but the mosquitoes. All right, uh, thank it you, everybody. Uh, we're going to take Caleb. a quick break as we uh, dig into how Caleb came up with that mosquito shit. Uh, and when we come back, we'll talk about Zika. Uh, the, the Zika the, virus. The in the dead. The T Zika virus. My, my new, my more, even more powerful Z virus. <laughs> uh, we'll be back to talk about the quick and the dead after a quick break. And a dead break. friends and potential lovers have you ever felt so passionately after watching a tv show or a movie but not have a pal to share it with allow us the honor of keeping you company with our weekly podcast for your reference with your hosts kt and ot each episode we break down our hot takes that you'll either ardently agree or vehemently disagree with like subs versus dubs. How important is a cohesive narrative? What's with the popularity of the relatable villain? Is it possible to be truly objective in spite of your own experiences? And most importantly, are you getting a clue and which direction is it pointing? Come on now, it's pointing towards for your reference. That's a great reference. If you've got a little room in your rotation for some salacious frivolity, check out for your reference wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get into a patron requested review for The Quick and the Dead. Well, fine, if you don't want my money. You mean, if we watch terrible movies, you'd give us money? Well, sure. Mr. Caleb, welcome to the patron review segment. The Quick and the Dead is a 1995 rated R action romance thriller western. I don't really know about the romance tag on there. No, uh, 
and it's uh, no longer on Netflix as you're listening to this. We watched it. I, I watched it at least on the last day that it was available on Netflix, which was uh, July 31st. That is uh, it's a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb. A female gunfighter returns to a frontier town where a dueling tournament is being held, which she enters in an effort to avenge her father's death. Uh, this is directed by Sam Raimi. Uh, it shows. Yes. Uh, written by Simon Moore, stars Sharon Stone, Gene Hackman, and Russell Crowe, uh, along with a very young Leonardo DiCaprio. I almost said DiCrapio. DiCrapio. Yeah. Also, uh, Lance Henriksen and Keith yep. David. Yep. Lance Henriksen of Aliens fame and Keith David of The Thing fame. Also, uh, and in a, oh my god, I can't believe it's this man, Tobin Bell of Jigsaw fame. That's right. Uh, also, the old man who spread salt on the street from Home Alone yep. as The Undertaker. Yep. Uh, and also Gary Sinise in a bit part. Yep. So this movie has everybody. I think that's the, the most yeah. important thing I took from this movie We've, is that, my god, this cast. We've successfully named everybody that we recognized. That's uh, 100% true. So uh, I'll start with you. What did you think of The Quick and the Dead? Man, Yaney, thanks for knocking it out of the park again, bud. Uh, So like Western isn't a genre that I dip into a lot. But like. It's kind of like Django Unchained, where it's like kind of Western in name only, uh, yep. which I just realized spells wino if you make it an acronym, which is kind of funny. But like it's it's style over, you know, uh, like, you know, being a genre film. I liked it. I think that Sharon Stone is, you know, obviously best known for showing her beaver on screen. But, like, she's actually a pretty fantastic actor. Uh, I liked her in this a lot. I think that um, there's a lot of striking visuals in this movie. And uh, I don't know. I I like kind of how it's paced because it just drops you into. like It's kind of like Hateful Eight, I guess, in a way. Like, I'm just comparing it to other Western Yes. genre movies I've seen but like it's similar to that in a way because it just drops you into the world and the presumption is that all of the characters hate each other and it like it's on you to figure out why as the movie progresses and like they don't really reveal it until the end right so I, th- I think what the most interesting thing about this movie to me is that Sharon Stone's character does not read as a woman Ultimately, like I, I, I guarantee you if you threw another dude on the camera in front of the camera and just went play, you know, the script is exactly what it is. Uh, play it. Uh, you mm-hmm. wouldn't notice like it, like and I yeah. think that like the most fascinating part is that like they basically wrote a, a script for a man and then threw Sharon Stone at the part and just went do with it. Do with this what you will. That's actually true. I don't know. Also, like. If if they would have written the script exactly the same, it would have been weird when some random dude kissed Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. But you you know what I, you get what I mean is like there's there's little things in and out 
that like okay yeah yeah she's a woman but otherwise like this is a very much male role that Sharon Stone's been given and uh, I I really appreciate it for that fact in and of itself. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think Russell Crowe's pretty good in it. Gene Hackman does, you know, an excellent dickhead as uh, Herod, the bad guy. Yep. Gene Hackman, Gene Hackman's. Curse you, Hackman. So uh, I think Russell Crowe's fine. Leo is, you know, your hotshot kid who always gets fucking murked in the movie. He always thinks he's hot shit and then gets fucking killed. Uh, that is how it always happens. If you mm-hmm. if you think you're hot shit and you're in a movie universe, uh, good luck. That's true. The Sam Raiminess you can tell in the during like right before the gunfights begin because he does that Dutch angle zoom in thing that Sam Raimi always does, and he does it a lot. There's about forty five uh, Dutch angle zoom ins every time there's a gunfight. It's fantastic. <laughs> I don't know. This kind of is like. I don't know. He'd been an actor for a little bit before, but like, I would say this is like the second really kind of notable Leonardo DiCaprio role because he did What's Eating Gilbert Grape in '93. Then he did this, mm-hmm. uh, and then like '96 he did Romeo and Juliet, and then '97 he did Titanic, and then he was just fucking everywhere after that. So, uh, I mean, good for you, Sam Raimi, getting uh, somebody like Leo, because, I mean, this isn't like one of those, I guess it is kind of like one of those younger Leo roles where, like, he's very brash. Like, look at the way he kind of is in Titanic for a bit, where he's just like, hi, hi, rich people, fuck you, I'm here. I think, I don't know, it's been a long time since I watched Titanic, uh, because it took a long time to watch. Well, yeah, I, I mean, quite honestly, I don't have much else to say. I mean, like, there's there's a good bit of Sam Raimi-ness to this. Like, you can see why mm-hmm. he eventually got the Spider-Man movies, because, like, this is pretty much, like, a, a very A-list cast. Like, we're talking about Sharon Stone a couple years removed from uh, Basic Instinct. Uh, Gene Hackman's on, like, the tail end of his career, but he's still Gene Hackman. Russell Crowe is on the upswing. Leonardo DiCaprio's on the upswing. So, like, he, you, you can see him with all these A-list actors and just go, all right, guys, we're going to be in this kind of dumb, campy movie that is, like, uh, not a send-up, but, like, an homage to, like, all the Western movies, except Sharon Stone's our star and our lead actor. And uh, just just work with that. And then the movie ends, or, like, Sharon Stone kills Gene Hackman, and then, like, all right, goodbye, everybody. And then they just fade to fucking black. And this is like, okay, we're done with this movie, I guess, then. Yeah. There's no 45 minutes of goodbyes. It's just, we're done. Yeah, I mean, that's that's honestly kind of what I like about it the most. Like, it gets you in, gets you out, and gets you going. Right. Which is like, the slogan for, uh, I think, Get Go, that which is, is Giant Eagle's gas station in Pittsburgh. Yep, that's that's true. That is exactly what it is. But yeah, like <laughs> it just tells like this very distinct slice of a story of this one town that is now blown to hell, uh, and how their marshal was murdered, uh, like twenty or thirty years in the past, and now fucking Sharon Stone's back to uh fix that, and then Sharon it's Stone's back. Uh, what was interesting? I think the most interesting thing about the whole backstory though was that. 
you assume that Gene Hackman is the one that killed Gary Sinise, who plays her father. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, it turns out that like he gave her a gun uh, after he did like his three parlor shot trick, like his his yeah. his, 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 his like where he uh, strings up Russell Crowe and Gary Sinise on a chair and shoots out the chair three times. And then he passes the gun to a young uh, Ellen, I believe is her name. And he tells her, you have three shots to shoot this man down and I'll let him live. And she's like, oh, OK, uh, I'm fucking terrified about this. And Gary Sinise is like, it's fine. You'll do great. And then on her first shot, she shoots him in the fucking head. And I was yep. like, whoa, didn't expect that shit. Yeah, which like makes her shooting out the rope to save Russell Crowe. Uh, you know, like it's a cool moment of foreshadowing and it makes it that much more thematic. Right. Because she also takes three shots for that. Which was uh, fantastic, uh, you know, good. Like you said, good foreshadowing. Although I think, and I think when I saw that sequence, I went, "Oh, that's why. That's why he she took three shots. It's because he gave her three shots, and now she's going to miss all three shots. And then it turns out she misses one shot by just shooting Gary Sneese in the fucking head. It was great. It was very unexpected how Gary Sneese dies in this movie. Yeah, I was expecting him to be hanged to death. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I said, she just missed all three shots. Like, like maybe she hit the rope one time and then it's like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe this will happen. And then, you know, nothing. She just misses the other two times. So nope, fucking mercs him. I don't know. It's uh, a good movie. You should watch it. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, there's not a lot to really pick apart plot wise. No. Uh, I think it it knows what it is. It moves and then it goes away, which is great. It's an hour forty five minutes. It, uh, it, it gave us its magic and then it went away, just like towed the wet sprocket. Yeah, but I mean, I I don't have like a bunch of positives to say about this. It, this movie just kind of existed for me. Ultimately, it was just like a yep. Uh, I I appreciate what it's doing here. Oh, there's some Sam Raiminess that I really like uh, because of Sam Raiminess and. Uh, I, I get the point. I get to do the Leo thing where he's in Once Upon a Time in the Hollywood and like and then he like snaps his fingers and points at the screen and like, oh, that's just, that's the Sam Raimi. And then I just move on with my life. But yeah, uh, it, it's a perfectly solid movie that if you haven't seen the movie before, uh, it, it's it's fine. Go watch it and then you'll probably never watch it again. Yeah, I don't know. I would watch this again. I liked sure. it. All right. So what would you give it? Let's say, let's say three and a half. It's a pretty solid, good movie. Yeah, I'm just going to flat three. Well, all right. Which gets us to the IMDb rating of six and a half. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, next week on the show, we will be reviewing uh, the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. Yeah. Dan, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm something of a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles lore master. Oh, God. Uh, so let's see how it does. Uh, and on the back of that, we'll be discussing Uncharted, uh, the Tom Holland film, which is coming to Netflix on Friday. Until they move the date again. Until they move it again. On Wednesday, they'll say it'll be out Thursday, and then they'll move it to, like, three weeks from now. Yeah, because we were supposed to get it 
on the 15th of July, I think, was supposed to be the date. It sounds right. But yeah, yeah then it got moved. And then uh, Netflix gave the PR answer of dates move all the time. And it's like, not when you advertise <laughs> like that. What the fuck happened? Yeah. Man, I wish I would have had that one in my back pocket when I was in college. Cause like whenever I stood girls up that I didn't want to hang out with, I could have just been like, Hey, dates move all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Can't explain it. Uh, You know, things happen outside of our control and dates move. Yeah. I'm not fooling anybody. I was, I was desperate to fucking, you know, uh, get, any piece of ass that I could, no matter how questionable. I mean, that's I, I've seen it in action. That is factually correct. <laughs> I was something of a poon hound. I'm nodding my head along because this is this is correct. I've witnessed this in, in <laughs> bars. Uh, it's okay. I finally found a woman that I respect, and I married her. <laughs> This is a terrible way to end the show. Tell them no. stuff, Dan. You can find the show at Netflix.com. It's your one-stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill and respecting women. Uh, check out Two Peas <laughs> on a Podcast. Uh, again, Caleb will be on that to talk about uh, 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 oh, top five comebacks that don't include uh, Kim Kardashian. Uh, yeah. Ashley and Gerald just recorded Ozark uh, for, on Rabbit Ears TV podcast. Yes, yeah, so listen to them talk about Ozark. Uh, Stacking Triggers is taking the week off because all we would have had to talk about was Post Malone uh, offering $100,000 for people to play him. Uh, And that's not interesting. So instead, we just played Magic the Gathering with Brentley, who uh, can't can't speak. And also Bill, who can't read. Yeah. And Brentley, who couldn't figure out how to set up his camera. (coughs) I sat there for an hour and a half watching him try to set up his camera. It was 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 great. It was great. It was great. Uh, and then I ended up winning the game in the stupidest way and made everybody very upset. I mean, I was just upset because I somehow fucking lost. I was in, I was, I, I, up until I lost, I was winning. I, That's I was, true. I was winning the whole game. The whole fucking game. Yeah. Well, it was like you were Julius Caesar and I was, you know, your best friend who snuck up behind you and put a knife through your ribs. And and the worst part was was that I fucking saved you from death. I just yeah. went, no, no, no. I want Caleb to still be in this game, so I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking remove this <laughs> thing, and then he'll live. And then the three turns later, he's like, "Well, damn, it's been fun. You're all monsters, and I hate you." So <laughs> way she goes. Uh, thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song "Bitter," which is how Dan felt after I beat him at a card game. I called you all versions, so that's how you know it was bitter. <laughs> and until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. 
the little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swole family.